Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 60th episode. This month, I'm joined by Andy, our tech guy at GPS Training. Welcome, Andy, to this month's GPS Training Podcast. Thank you, John. Have you been up to much over the last month, Andy? Yes, lots. <laughs> lots of running. Running, hiking, testing my GPS devices and my new toys. Oh, more about that later. I think in future yeah. podcasts, there's some quite bigger things happening with Andy and his outdoor activities. So, uh, yeah, we'll hear more about those going forward. In this month's GPS training podcast, a big thank you. More about that later. Old OS map cards in the new GPS units, what we need to know. The Garmin GPS map 65S with a 125K map card. GPS course locations for 2022. And then we have Andy's top tip. So without further ado, let's get on with this month's GPS training podcast. The first thing on this month's GPS podcast is a very big thank you to Ian. As you may have realised, Ian is not on the podcast and will not be on the podcast going forward because Ian sadly has decided to leave GPS training. Ian has been a member of the team for the last 14 years and it's also been my fellow co-host on the podcast since episode 19. So he's hosted 40 podcasts alongside myself and uh, despite everything that's happened in the last 18 months with the dreaded COVID, we've had lots of um, good fun over the last uh, 18 months. And I know during the uh, lockdown one, we actually went to two podcasts a month. So Ian and I kept each other sane and hopefully helped yourself keep you sane over that time. He also delivered um, over recent years, um, three courses in the South Downs, New Forest and Northampton. So it was very heavy hearted. I accepted Ian's resignation uh, last month and he'd be a massive loss um, for us all at GPS training so yeah thanks Ian for all your help over the last 14 years and best luck at whatever you choose to do so going forward and I know uh, for all the team here at GPS training and also the listeners from the GPS training podcast a very big thank you Ian for everything that you've uh, given to us and your wit and humour and fun we've had over the last uh, eight, well, many years uh, 40 podcast episodes and uh, yeah very best of luck for everybody for the uh, what you do going forward the next thing on this month's gps training podcast is the different map cards you get uh, over the years and some of the older os map cards that will not work with the new gps units so andy um this is an issue some customers have been coming across in relation to um, some of the older generation map cards not working with units so we really need to just lay out first of all the the three different type of map cards that we have um or these ordnance survey map yeah. cards that we have so what are the three type of map cards andy and what is the differences between each of those yeah, map cards no right so garmin um when we're talking about the map cards this is the ordnance survey map cards for great britain we're all, I'm sure, familiar with Ordnance Survey 1 to 50 or 1 to 25 um, Explorer maps, 1 to 50 being the Land Ranger. So Garmin do these on micro SD cards that go in the back of the units. So the first map cards that we had from Garmin, they used the terminology Discoverer. So you could get a Discoverer 1 to 50 map card 
or the discoverer one to 50 stroke one to 25 and these to come in plain boxes these so people have got a box at the original a little square box these be a black uh, square box of discoverers so they if they want to know and they can just look at the box and hopefully make yeah, exactly. the packet was like a, it was like a cardboard cd size packet yes. that came in black colored and it would say gb discoverer on it and inside there you take out the micro sd card in the back of your unit so that was the first sort of range of Ordnance Survey Map cards. Then what happened is Garmin came up with a new product called Topo Pro. Still 1 to 50 option and the Topo Pro 1 to 50 stroke 1 to 25 Ordnance Survey Maps. So what changed from the Discoverer range was they added what we call routable trail data for the national parks in Great Britain. So what that routable trail data is, you can use that map card to snap to footpaths, a bit like we snap to roads on a car sat nav. Mm -hmm. So that was the change from the, if you've got the Topo Pro, the newer range of map cards, and the first one was called Topo Pro V1, version mm -hmm. 1. And then earlier on this year... And then earlier on this year, just like every Garmin update map cards every three or four years normally, we have the Topo Pro version 2. So the same as the Topo Pro version 1, we have this routable snap the trail data in the national parks. Ordnance Survey, again, 1 to 50 or the 1 to 50, 1 to 25 option. It's just updated when, you know, say paths change, boundaries change, when Ordnance Survey get updates. This is Fred Fruit to Garmin. Again, it tends to be every three to four years. I think this one was actually a three-year gap, wasn't it? It was. It normally yeah. is four. We always were told it was four because uh, Ordnance Survey release a quarter <laughs> of the country every year as a map update. Therefore, Garmin updated their map cards every uh, four years. But for this, some reason, they did it three years this time. So it's um, just got, you know, if this thing's changed, you know, um, I mean, it tends to be road data. I suppose that changes more. And I know customers do use it for cycling as well on the road. So with that version two map card that came out earlier in the year, you've got new updated data and not just for paths and boundaries but for roads as well mm -hmm. um, but still the routable data the same as the the topo pro v1 yeah so really a discover card now is three three four years old isn't it's it not, oh, it's even older than yeah. that to be honest thinking mm -hmm. going back to when that first topo pro yeah. um yeah, because we we actually did it. I did a we got a pre-release of the Topo Pro, didn't we? We got some map cards before it was released. It was around Christmas time, and I actually did a podcast where I went out walking uh, with it for the first time and, yeah. and analysed it. So yeah, we could look back in time and work out exactly when that was. So the Discover map cards are, are are a few years old. So what what are the the problems a number of people have been encountering with this Discover map card in in some of the new GPS units, and then we need to work out what the, what those units are. Don't yeah. We? So if you've got the old, the very first sort of OS map card, the Discover map cards, um, in the past you could transfer that between different units, but with the new generation units that have just came out, so that's things like the GPS Map sixty six series, the Montana seven hundred series. You can't put the old Discoverer map card won't work in those new units. It needs to be the Topo Pro map cards. If I missed any units out there, it's no, I think it's sixty six SR sixty five S Montana seven hundred because you can still use it in the old sixty six S. Oh, sixty six. It's not that old, but we could you use it on the sixty six SR sixty five. Montana 700 range. So the very um, latest So the ones. very latest. I suppose everything that's been released in the last 18 months, really, isn't it? I suppose it's 18 months. Yeah, yeah. so that Discover one now won't work in those, so just bear that in mm -hmm. mind. But we have, you know, the nice thing is if people are upgrading to a new unit, we have the new units available with the new Topo Pro map cards, and you get them at a much lesser price than if you bought those map cards on their own. Mm 
That's right, because it's normally 200, if a 150,000 map card is now 200 pounds a standalone product, but when you buy it in with your unit, it's 100 pounds again, that for half price. So it is, it is worth that upgrade. It, it yeah, so you're making a big save. And if you're buying a new unit, I think, you know, if you've had that old map card from many years ago, two, two ways I look at it, if you're selling on your old unit, whether you're doing a trade in with ourselves or selling it on to someone, you're going to get more money selling it on with a map card with it. So selling it on with that old discoverer map card and with your new unit, you're getting the latest map card with updated information and that routable trail data and you're getting the map card a lot cheaper when you buy it with a new unit. Mm -hmm. I've got no um, no evidence behind this theory, but I believe that Garmin did this uh, because people say, oh, that's not very good. No, I thought I could carry this map card on and on. They did it because I think a few people learned how they could hack the old map card, the old Discoverer map card. There were some cheaper options away on eBay and this kind of stuff. So I think Garmin said, well, actually, we need to protect ourselves because actually, you know, OS licensing, copying. Uh, so I think this is why they stopped it working in the newer GPS units. I don't think there was any uh, you know, people say, oh, this is Garmin trying to make money. Well, actually, they make very little money in a map card <laughs> they get most of the money in the license fee so i think that was the reason yeah. why they did it so just be aware if you are buying a new gps unit no gps map 66s are um a, a gps map 65s and also the oregon 700 range montana so sorry montana exactly montana 700 range you will need the new topper pro map card again um new it's as Andy was saying it's four, four or five uh, odd years old so again you would more than likely want to be up the updated map card there anyway just because it's got the most recent ordinance yeah, that version it. 2 topo pro one only came out uh, was it a few months ago yeah, it's, so it's very new yeah so that's great so to find out more about the different garmin gps units just go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on gps training gps store on the top menu bar and then just select handheld gps units <laughs> The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is the Garmin GPS map 65S with a 1 to 25,000 map card. Um, so we've had a few problems with this. I'll give you a bit of a, a backstory with this. Is, is um, The 65S uh, has been out with us a, a little while. When it first um, came out, um, we, we sold it with all the different map, the map cards. And uh, quite quickly, somebody rang up and said, I, I live in, the guy actually lived in Liverpool. I live in Liverpool. And I can't see the maps when I go to Wales. We didn't actually go to Wales. He was moving his, his cursor along Wales on his GPS unit, zooming in, and he couldn't see it. So uh, we, we kind of set about trying to work out what this problem was. And the problem is, Andy, over to Andy, because Andy has worked tirelessly at this. <laughs> what was the, what was the problem uh, with it um, reading this 1 to 25,000 map card? Yeah, so Andy? if you've got a 65 unit and you've bought the Topo Pro 1 to 25 map card, or any of you who are familiar with the 1 to 25 map card, it's split into five regions. So when you view it in Garmin's Basecamp software, you see the five regions starting from the top, North Scotland, there's then South Scotland, North England and Isle of Man, and then we've got West England and Wales and East England. When you're on the unit, what should happen as you as you move up and down the country, if you were doing something like uh, Land's End to Johnny Groats, you don't have to individually select those regions. You should just move across the map and see those regions. Basecamp software, you select the individual regions. What we found is Basecamp software, map card fine, map card fine in other units, but when you've got it in the 65S, if you move the map to either the West England section, which would cover Wales, and also we've discovered the South Scotland section, so just above where we are at GPS training in the borders of Scotland, so far up. 
you can't view it. It just doesn't load. You see a strange sort of more basic map in the background. The OS tile doesn't load. So there's obviously, well, what we thought was either a, was it an issue with the map card or the unit? But the fact the map cards work in all the other units we sell, we assumed um, it was an issue with the GPS unit itself. We'll say when we realised this was the case, we actually um, stopped selling that unit with the uh, map card. So we actually just had a handful of customers who bought it with them. We've been, we've been liaising with those people. But we thought just make it a little bit more public because, again, you may have got a map card elsewhere. No, we had a customer who bought a unit from us and bought a map card elsewhere. And he's saying, well, why is this not working? So, um, yeah, that's why we flag it up. So it's there's a, a nominal amount of people. Just be aware that that is a... Now, you actually managed to work out a, a short-term solution to this, but again, yeah. there's a short-term and, and a, a long-term. I mean, I wouldn't system. recommend unless anyone tries this themselves. It was just us helping out some customers who had bought the units from ourselves where they get that telephone and email support from us as part of that package. So I dialed into their computers. and It was something that I discovered myself by playing about with our own units, that if I transferred... A couple of the sections or the section that they wanted to view say the, the customer who wanted the whale section into the internal storage of the unit it then allowed him to view that whale section but it then meant he couldn't view another section of the map so it was only a short-term solution because that customer wanted he had a walking trip arranged in Wales so I, I did that as a favour by that you know I'm saying as a favour it was something you know we always try and help customers out especially when they bought something from us and um, we dialed into the computer and transferred that over I wouldn't necessarily recommend someone trying themselves in case you accidentally delete maps and then you can't get them back it was something we tried and tested ourselves in our own demo units but just a short-term solution to help someone out and we say at this point actually it took quite a while to convince garmin there was a problem so we had to even had to i uh, did videos showing how it wasn't working um we did videos we went actually into scotland and showed videos of it not working they said oh, we still can't replicate it so in the end we actually sent our 65s with a 125,000 map card to garmin and they could see that problem for themselves so the once they've done it now they said at the time oh we'll get this sorted there's be a software update and it'll be happening very very soon and we've now we'll be talking six or eight weeks down the line still we've not had that software update so andy has pursued this like a uh, <laughs> i don't know what you call it a bull in a china shop um and uh, you've been liaising directly with somebody in cartography at garmin haven't you and you potentially got well we've got an expected date for that Andy, yeah we? we're looking at and um, the latter end of this month now so the latter end of october that release should be out and um, we've asked if we can test it first ourselves which hopefully we'll get a beta version to test just to make sure everything's okay and then of course we'll let all our customers know who have it was only a small number because we did pull the one to 25 map when we realized we had the problem but we'll let them know that it's sorted and that firmware release will start getting rolled out to everyone mm-hmm. so hopefully in our november podcast it should be a problem that has gone away but yeah. just to keep everybody a heads up it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a shame but again for us the garmin gps map 65 um, s has turned into one of our most popular selling gps units alongside the 66 sr um, you know, it's 15 hours of battery life. It's got this topoactive mapping. It works alongside the Explorer app and has this stunning 15 hours of battery life with two AA batteries. So we're selling a lot to people doing ultra events, a lot of people who are wanting that great battery life on it. And, uh, yeah, once it gets sorted with this 125,000 map card um, 
problems sorted, I think it, it would continue to be a... a and and the, multi, the multi-band uh, course, yeah. receiver on the 65S, the amount of satellites that it picks up, it's one of the most accurate handhelds that I've had in my hand, mm-hmm. to be honest, you know. I know when I've been out with it, I've been hugely impressed by the Garmin yeah. GPS Map 65S, really top GPS unit. To find out more about the Garmin GPS Map 65S, please do go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS Store at the top, then Handheld GPS Units, and then you'll see the Garmin GPS Map 65S uh, in that product page. The next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is our GPS course locations for 2022. So we currently do two courses, which is a one-day SatMap course and a two-day Garmin course around the country. So our current course locations, starting from the south, moving up to the north, is the South Downs. We do a course in Clayton, the South Downs. We do a course in New Forest. You were down there not so long ago, Andy, weren't you? Yeah, lovely area. Uh, Eight-hour trek down there. It's a long way to go down, but yeah, it's a lovely area. Uh, Then we have one in Northamptonshire. Um, a course there uh, Peak District um, where yeah, we're there in a couple of months time Lake District uh, over in Mongrysdale Northumberland and our based here in Rothbury in Northumberland and then in Peebles so Peebles Andy um, we're actually recording this on the 1st of October Andy and I are there on tomorrow aren't we so yeah, we're going to Peebles tomorrow 6 o'clock start tomorrow Andy <laughs> <laughs> up to Peebles uh, so you'll see me on that Peebles course you'll see both myself and Andy on that course I'm actually just going to uh, help Andy get going he's not done that course before and then I'm actually going off and do a walk and talk Andy uh, with a E-Trex 32X and I'll come back and help you in the afternoon for the walk and then I'll scurry back home and leave Andy in uh, capable hands of Andy on the um, on the Sunday and then we've got a new course location um, for 2022 is Gloucestershire. So Andy's going to deliver a course down there in Gloucestershire. You were actually down there not long ago wrecking it, Andy, so I think you were quite pleased with what, what the location is. Yeah, we, I've got family down in uh, Gloucestershire where my wife's from originally, so we go down there quite a bit. Um, got a nice village hall in a place called Ashleworth. It's um, the, more the Cheltenham side of Gloucestershire, sort of, you know, Tewkesbury, I suppose, is the closest town to it. But lovely village hall. Got a little shop next to it with a cafe, post office. So customers will be pleased to know come on that course. There's food available, sandwiches right next door. But there's lovely walks literally straight out of the village hall. You can head off down to the River Seven, walks along the River Seven. There's a historic church and barns and nice things to look at. So, yeah, nice location. Yeah, we've got quite a few courses there for uh, next year as well. And we'll say thank you very much for everybody who filled in the questionnaire. So if you get our newsletter on a Friday, uh, the last uh, couple of weeks I've had a link into a questionnaire so we've been asking people about what where, where they are why they've not been on the course what they would like to see and one of the key things that came out there was people say it doesn't matter when courses are you know we can go to midweek course i was massively surprised at how many people could go to midweek courses so one thing we're built in place for 2022 is more midweek courses so we still have weekend courses for those who can't come during the week but then we've also got weekend courses which we think might benefit people know often it'd be cheaper accommodation during the week and and uh, again if you if you you're able to come to you know please do so i know just the gloucestershire one we have got weekend course we have got midweek courses, we've got garmin course we've got sat map courses and we're rolling that again so on our website you'll see um we're starting to put together uh, the programme for next year. They're not all in place, uh, but you know, Gloucester's is all in place. Um, I think Northumberland's in place. We're starting with the Lake District on and Peebles is on, but we're starting just to get all that done. So hopefully within the next week or 10 days, all our courses will be on. So just to summarise, if you want to come on one of our GPS training courses, we have the new course at Gloucester, we have the South Downs, New Forest, Northamptonshire, Peak District, Lake District, Northumberland, 
and peoples in the Scottish borders. To find out more about the GPS training courses, please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS training courses on the top menu bar. The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is Andy's top tips. And we have a lot of them. So I said to Andy, you know, Andy, uh, side by side, Andy, Andy kept saying, I've got an idea. Here's a top tip for the uh, podcast. Here's a top tip. So I said, Andy, write them down on our job sheets. So off he went to write these top tips down. I don't think Andy sleeps. I must say this to people. He thinks of all these top tips in his sleep. And I just looked before Andy, he put 11 top tips down in, in a week. I could, I could just come up endless. Uh, it's normally based on the things I get asked questions on at the end of the day and I learn new things all the time, yeah, you know, uh, discover new things. So what I've done is gone into Andy's 11 top tips and uh, and pulled out a few of them. And then the worst thing is I was setting up for the podcast a minute ago. He says, uh, I've got an extra top tip. So I'm going to come to that one at the end. I said, so he tried to quiz me on it, yeah. and uh, but I don't know what it is. So See, anyway. I hadn't seen this list, so I hadn't realised you'd done this list. So ah. I thought you were putting me on the spot this morning, so I came up with a couple of extras. No, I never put you on the spot, you see, but he's come up with some extra ones anyway. So, okay. So, hey, Garmin top tip. Um, um, in and out routes on base camp don't overlap on top of compass we'll get confused use duplicate reverse okay so this is uh, explain what this is Andy it's planning routes on Garmin base camp and I suspect the GPS not pointing people in the right direction isn't it yeah basically I've had a lot of calls in the last few weeks from customers who are using our tip for putting the compass pointer at the top of the map page so that when you're navigating a route um, you see yourself moving over the pink line on the screen but you can also use the compass pointer points you to the next point that it can see on your route it's not pointing directly along your route it's looking for that next point that you marked when you created the route on Basecamp software or you could just on your GPS unit go to the compass screen itself and it gives you the distance to the next point what I was finding is a number of customers were ringing me saying they were following routes and the compass pointer was suddenly pointing the wrong way the opposite direction um, so you do the normal sort of have you calibrated your compass um, trying to look at what could be causing the problem so i got a couple of the customers to send me their routes that they were um navigating around and what i discovered i should have known this anyway um if you draw a route say you're doing an example a circular route where you walk the first could be the first mile is the same way you're going to come back so you walk a mile and then you split off mm-hmm. say to the e- an easterly direction come back around in a circle you come back to that point and then walk back down that first mile so what happens on the gps um if you plan the route what customers were doing was was drawing the route on top of itself coming back down that last leg so when you start the walk initially the point is okay but as soon as you get into that first mile it's got points going backwards and forwards both ways and the pointer gets confused the compass pointer and it starts thinking you've missed points and it's looking back at a point going back the way um what you'll find is once you get past that bit where it's overlapping and you've got a route on top of itself you can just start and stop the navigation would be my tip so you you know where to stop navigation where to find your route again and then it's fine but what i would tend to do recommend if you've got a route like that where it's going to come back on itself creating base cam software two routes so do one where it doesn't overlap and um, so gets to back to that point and then just do that if you really need that final leg coming back down just draw that out separately and send the two routes to the unit 
the other example I've seen is a linear route. Uh, sorry, I'm saying a linear route where someone walks out to a point and then just walks exactly back the same way. Your best way there in the unit is if you're going to either do two routes again on base camp or just simply reverse the route in your unit when you get to the end to come back. Good. So really, guys, top tips. So if you're planning your walk where you go out on a leg and then you do a loop and then come back on it, is actually, you know what, don't plan your route back on that leg. So just your outward leg, then your, your loop as you show it, then stop there. And if you want to plan a separate one, have it as a separate route, and then you can just load that up into your GPS. And it's just so you know that's yeah. why the point is doing what it's doing, you know. It's yeah. seeing these other points that you've walked past going the other way mm -hmm. and turning itself to look at those. Fantastic. That's really good top tip for there. Um, and yeah, you said the other option was to you could potentially reverse a route if you're doing a linear walk out and then you want to come back the same way. So just plan a route out and then just when you're there, just re reload that route. Well, reverse it. In, your, in, route, your, in all the Garmin GPS units, you can go into the route planner menu, highlight your route, and bring up the extra menu. Um, and one of the options is reverse route and it puts it in the opposite direction. Fantastic. Good. Next top tip is. Once 25,000 um, and European mapping, which would be a topo active mapping on the uh, on the newer units, um, you put ages to load, so it takes a long while to load. Yeah. So, so uh, again, it's just one of the most popular questions I've had in the last few weeks as customers who've just bought a new unit, maybe not had a Garmin unit before, and they're worried that in Garmin's Basecamp software, their maps aren't working because they're plugging the GPS device in, going straight into the maps menu on Basecamp and they can't see any maps to select. Mm -hmm. um, so what happens is when you buy a unit that has the 1 to 25 maps, so we mentioned earlier that the 1 to 25 map is split into five regions, this North England, uh, North Scotland, South Scotland, East and West England. Those five regions, when you first plug your GPS device into your computer and Basecamp software is opened, take quite some time to load. I've known them take over half an hour. Mm -hmm. Once they've loaded once, you do still need to plug your GPS unit in the next time you want to use it and view the maps, but they take a matter of minutes. It's, it's something to do with the Mac or the Windows computer caching data mm -hmm. um, to help them load quickly the next time. So what I would say, if you've bought a unit with from us with the 1 to 25 map card, and also you've got the European maps, so if you've got the, the units that come with the Topoactive Europe maps, you have southwest which uh, europe which covers the united kingdom and there's also a northeast europe section they take ages to load as well but again once they've loaded once that's it they only take minutes so what you're looking for in basecam software when you plug your unit in top left of the screen where you see your device connected you'll see these little green bars colored bars going across the screen as all these different maps load so potentially if you've got the 1 to 25 map card and the European maps on your unit, you're looking for seven bars going across the screen. Go and make yourself a cup of tea, coffee, whatever you drink. Let them finish. Once they're finished and all loaded, you'll see the names appear of each of those regions, and then you can select them. Mm -hmm. So you just got to be patient. It's something we've come across on the courses. Uh, people who know our courses, um, we do this uh, base camp demonstration on day one, um, and uh, and then we do this uh, wireless transfer where we we download the route onto one of our GPS and then we wirelessly transfer, which I always say is the the bit where I always fall over because it doesn't, the wireless transfer doesn't always work. It's a little bit buggy to say the least. Um, so if that doesn't work on somebody's unit, we literally plug it into our laptop and transfer that route over. And what I've found is now so many more people have got like 66 SRs, Montana, 66 I's with the topo active mapping. When you plug it into 
a computer for the first time, it now caches that. So even though it's not, even I've got it on my unit, because it's a new map set, it takes ages to cache, it does. So it's this thing where sometimes, like a course for us kind of stumbles down at that point, because you plug somebody's GPS in for the first time, because it has loaded up their 125,000 mark on the top of active mapping, it suddenly takes ages, doesn't it? Where in the past, it never used to do that. What I've had to start doing is I take when I'm, testing new units i'll plug them into the laptop we use on the courses so i know that if i do have someone's gps with a newer map than we've been using it should load quickly but right yeah. that's it yeah. so just be patient so be just patient. be patient again just cache it so i'm just saying when you um, plug your gps into your computer your pc or your mac for the first time just be patient as it loads that top active mapping behind it and also the one twenty five thousand map card. it should cache it and next time it caches it it should load a lot quicker the, the 1 to 50 map card, I know we haven't mentioned that, that loads a lot quicker. So if you've yeah. only got the 1 to 50 map card, yes, you still have to give it a little time to load, but it's a lot less noticeable than these bigger map cards. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Next one is elevation resetting. I know um, we did this in the newsletter, I think it was last week, it was last week's newsletter, um, or the, yeah, last week's, where uh, you've done videos in the online resource about this, haven't you? Because you've done it for every single unit, I think. Yeah. I don't. I think initially I've just done it for the 66s, because that's right, okay. where we... I mean, some of the units you do this reset on the trip computer anyway, but it was mainly it was the, the 66 range yes. of units. So you'd, Yeah, so you'd done the videos for something else. It was the uh, the going off course wasn't yeah, it that you've yeah. done the videos for us i confused so, okay, so it's the elevation so this is resetting the elevation. so tell us a little bit of backstory about this andy and uh, what what's happening now yeah um i get a lot of calls about height data on gps's using barometric altimeter um, and we've had a lot of calls regarding the 66 unit where customers were querying height data on the unit now i'd always say when you're using a barometric altimeter there's various parameters that can affect how that works that it's just the science behind a barometric a barometric altimeter so when you first turn your unit on it takes a bit of time for it to adjust to the new pressure and temperature so if you've carried it in a car things like that so you should always turn your unit on and leave it for a bit before you start your track recording if you want to see more accurate um, barometric altimeter data and also calibrate your altimeter on a regular basis but what i started noticing even customers who were doing that and i did some tests in my own unit when you go to the altimeter screen and you may have been looking at some routes on your unit you've had your unit turned on and going through different menus it looks like when you start looking at routes and you might even load a route on your unit that you're thinking of doing and then stop the navigation the altimeter kicks into life uh, the barometric altimeter and it starts recording data even though you haven't started your walk so of course if that's right at the start of a walk or it might be in the house before you leave you have some um i don't know what the word would be well some incorrect height data mm -hmm. at the start of your walk so the easy way to get over that and it just takes seconds to do and this is what we've done on the video that i've added on the 66 unit and really for any unit you can do this and reset your trip computer manually before you start an activity. So on the 66, we basically go to the trip computer screen, we press the menu button on the unit and you get the option reset. So you press enter on reset and the very top option, if I remember doing this from memory, is reset um, trip and tra uh, trip, trip, trip recording data. Mm -hmm. It's along those lines, it's the very top option. So you do that first and then the third one downs reset any old activities. So even though your trip computer might be shown zero, I'd still recommend you do that and then 
you'll see if you went to the altimeter screen that there's no data in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the graph is gone. It's kind of going back to the old way we used to reset GPS tuners. So on an or, or, no, it's pre-orient, the older GPS tuners, that's the way, it's like an old 64, that's the way we used to reset it. We used to go to the trip computer, press menu, reset, and there was a reset trip data, reset track data, and there was one that said reset both. Yeah. And that was the way we used to always do it. on, And we still do that on the 65, 64s and that kind of thing. Yeah. But again, we, we kind of... Um, taught everybody and the way we kind of did it when the 66 came out we found that we could just press the enter button and start that track which was a far easier way of doing it but as you're rightly saying Andy if if you've had your unit on beforehand you've been playing with roots and this kind of thing it will have already started recording some of that that elevation altimeter data so you do need to then go into and, and reset it the old yeah. way I mean to we? be honest if you're more interested in just looking at you know navigation and where you've been and you're not too worried that you might have that bit of irregular data at the start you can still on the 66 just press enter clock say zero start mm-hmm. stop it save it it's just we are finding that you you possibly do have that elevation data that's already started mm-hmm. and the way to clear that at the start is do that reset manually on the trip computer you must say really that like you think how many units we sell you know it is a minority of customers i mean i don't get that many calls. i'm not exaggerating but <laughs> it's just when got, you do get a call you yeah, want to get to the bottom of exactly why exactly right no yeah. unless you've had two or three and you can think to the number of people you're supporting on a week by week basis it's, it's a it's a tiny amount so if you are um concerned that it's giving you slightly in, um incorrect elevation data that's a top tip of how you can do it so moving on to SatMap, Andy. So SatMap Active 20 GPX file copied straight into your device. So what's your top tip on this then? Yeah, so with the SatMap Active 20, a lot of customers are realizing from our videos that to transfer GPX files, the format that we use for routes on the unit, you can just copy them straight into the back end of the unit. You can actually create your own folder called routes on the A20 using File Explorer or Finder on a Mac. So what customers will do is then they'll download a GPX file from a website that says download the route from here, copy it into their unit, and then when they go to their main menu folder as an internal folder, they can't see the route in the routes folder, um, or when they look at it, they can't activate it. Um, because they haven't realised it's actually a track. Because a lot of websites will say, download the route here mm-hmm. for whatever walk, but it's actually a track recording. Now, the way the SatMap Active 20 works, if it's a track and it's on your unit, you can't activate it to navigate with. You have to convert it to a route. Now, it's nice and easy to do. The way you can tell if it's a track when it's on your unit, so let's just say you found a walk for... Um, Penny Gent, mm-hmm. uh, you download it to the sorry, you download it to your computer and you copy that GPX file into your Active 20. You then go to your internal folders and you can see Penny Gent. It has a little icon to the very left of the name. If it's got a footprint symbol, it's a track and you won't be able to activate to navigate it. If it's got a symbol that looks like it's like uh, sort of three lines joined together, that's a route, that's fine. So if you do see it's got the footprint symbol, you can enter onto it and then you'll see an extra menu when you enter into it that is convert to route and you just simply say convert to route. That you do on your unit, don't you? Do on the actual unit. unit. And then on the unit, you'll see the, the Penny Gent will then be listed with a little icon that looks like three lines joined together. So you can then activate it to, to follow as a route. Fantastic. That's a really good one. So again, if you're downloading G- 
GPX files, often they can be tracks. You know, a lot of websites, you know, Walk Islands, we've recommended in the past, often they are tracks. And if you download those and drop them on the internal storage of your Active 20, you won't see them. So you need to convert that to a route and then you can navigate along it, can't you? The other thing it's worth mentioning, we did just add a video um, in the our GPX section on the online training course and the very bottom section called GPX files on how you can use SatMaps expedition to planning software to import a gpx file what's nice with that software which i only just realized um by doing the new videos when you import a gpx file into satmaps expedition software it automatically converts it to a root so then if you then export it back out of there and send it to your unit it will be a root fantastic brilliant so what's your extra top tip so i set up and he said uh, i've got an extra top tip he said what's the weather doing outside i said it's raining yeah. it relates to rain <laughs> i said well so we're talking about montana so what is it about locking the screen and something he just wouldn't tell me so i said no andy just tell me on the podcast will you then instead so yeah. andy what's your extra top well, tip i haven't i didn't know it was there so it's a setting i need to try properly myself but anyone out there wants to try it great um I was just looking at the rain and often we get asked when customers are using touchscreen units if they've got a lot of water on the screen normally we say wipe them clean before you start using them you get a better response with your finger so we recommend locking the screen before you do that so on all the touchscreen units we sell so if you've got like an oregon 700 and e-trex touch you just press the power button once little padlock icon at the bottom locks it montana 700 swipe down from the top of the screen padlock icon locks it but what I discovered when I was just going through some settings on the Montana 700, when you go into the setup, so you press the home symbol, setup, there's a screen called, sorry, an icon called accessibility. And under accessibility, there's something to do with sensitivity of the screen. I knew there was a setting there called glove setting, which I know is on the Oregons and touches as well. Now, bear me, that's only for if you're using those touch sense those gloves that have the little tips on the end. But I've discovered in the Montana 700, there's a setting called rain okay so <laughs> doing a little bit digging on the manuals and that it's for if it's rain and it's meant to improve how the screen works if there's rain on it so it's something for, for you to try if you've got a montana and it is raining go into the setup accessibility and you'll see that option for rain so something we need to try because I didn't even know it was there. That's fantastic. I didn't know it was there. So you did catch me out there. So what you need to do, if you've got a, a, a Montana 700, if you're going out um, over the weekend when it's going to be raining, try this setting, which is rain, and then go onto other podcasts and leave a note, uh, leave a comment in the comment box below and let us know what your thoughts were and see how that works. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I still recommend using the padlock lock when it's raining, you've yeah. got, you know, because then you can wipe the unit, you know, drive um, without moving the screen. But it'd be interesting to see what this rain setting does. Very good. That's a great extra top tip. And that was on your list of 11 that you put on my job. No, I, <laughs> I already found it yesterday and I'd forgot. <laughs> to find out more top tips, please do sign up to the GPS Training Online Resource. This is packed full of videos um, um, taking you through the various aspects. And again, Andy's doing top tips literally on a week-by-week -week basis for you guys who subscribe to the online resource. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on Online Resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. If there's any subjects you would like to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. Just ask us anything and we can make it into a story for the podcast. Please do um, give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new outdoor GPS unit. And please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk 
and click on GPS training courses. If you can do, please tell a friend about the GPS training podcast and encourage them to subscribe on whatever platform they're on. And if you can leave us a five-star rating or a snazzy review or and a snazzy review, that will always be appreciated. I'm also going to mention, as I did last month, is if you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, I actually upload a video every Wednesday, so it's a bit of a, 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 a conveyor belt I'm on at the moment on YouTube. So if you do just go to YouTube and go and, and search for GPS training, subscribe to it every Wednesday, you'll get an update on a new video. So many thanks, Annie, for joining me on this month's GPS training podcast. Are you all ready for your course at the weekend, Annie? You're looking forward to the Scottish borders? Yeah, it's going to be wet, so maybe I can try the Montana 700 rain setting. Hey, I know. Yeah, I never thought about that, yeah. Have funny. you got people with Montanas on that cross? No, happen? there is someone with a touchscreen unit, but unfortunately not a Montana. Maybe he may want to look at a Montana. Ah, uh, well. Uh, but if, we'll give it a try if it is raining. It'll be nice to take that out and uh, see what it does yeah. in the rain. And I, when you when I set you off tomorrow, I'm actually going to go and do a walk and talk, which is what I do for YouTube with the Etrex 32X, because uh, I know a few people have been asking about it. And then I know next week, um, I'm actually away on holiday and Andy's then going to do the online resource for the 32X that's the, uh, the aim there is Andy can do all the online training videos for the 32X because it's proved a very popular GPS unit over recent months hasn't just it? lightweight and compact mm-hmm. um, like that's what people like a good battery life with it being a small unit and yeah a smaller screen unit but, uh, mm, so we'll put a fair bit of investment we'll do a walk and talk and it will be out next Wednesday and then we're, Andy's going to do the online resource so have you enjoyed your first full podcast back Andy hey. yeah always good very good after your sabbatical holiday. You see, you came back from underneath on holiday for like weeks and weeks, weren't you? So, uh, down in Gloucester, wrecking. You never stopped working. Wrecking roots when I was on holiday. <laughs> very good. So, thank you very much, Andy, for joining me for the latest GPS training podcast. And thanks everybody for listening. It's very much appreciated. Thanks for listening to the GPS training podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.